and welcome to another antioxidantal episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. The antioxidantal tourist. <laughs> I was actually thinking that. Hi, welcome to a wholesome, all-natural episode of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts and tiny habit coaches, Catherine Weigel. I have lost about 140 pounds and with me as always is... Organically grown and not processed Donald Weigel. Oh, so virtuous. Hello. And I've lost about 100 pounds doing it the good clean way wholesome way wholesome way so good and Honorable. uh i am here to tell you about it and uh in case you can't tell by our tone we're being a little bit sarcastic uh, right I think, now i think people know that we're sarcastic by now okay i, I think they well, maybe it it's out. their first time listening and they uh welcome hello the good the bad and the wolty yeah no, and they don't they don't understand what we're what we're getting at we are here today to talk a little bit about judgment yeah. <laughs> and, and placing moral judgments upon food. Yeah, and uh, it reminded me of uh, Mr. Edgar, Mr. Allen, Mr. Poe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's oftentimes called Mr. Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Edgar. <laughs> Mr. Edgar. Well, you know what? Uh, he, he wrote about some gruesome things. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of them was about a heart that he heard beating in his brain. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about what we were going to talk about on this episode, and I completely forgot that the origin of it was the uh, the telltale heart, the Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. You know what? We feel so much guilt and shame. Not a... Not only about murdering people and then putting them under floorboards and then the police coming over. Yeah, and being no, I like, don't feel hey, much you... guilt about that. No, I'm pretty good when it comes to that sort of thing. It's funny reading. I remember uh, reading the Telltale Heart uh, when I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, just read it again last night. Little bit intense. It was more intense than I thought it was going to be. He just plotted killing a dude and then he did it. Then he felt some guilt about it. Yeah. So in the in the story, the gentleman, the the uh, narrator of the story, um, feels so much guilt that he starts hearing the heartbeat and ends up confessing to the uh, the police that he did it. So much guilt and shame around the act that he committed, and probably he should have felt you know, it. Actually, and that's a good thing. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that 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 exactly. kicked in. But we act that way. When we eat a potato chip, we yeah. act that way when we eat a mini Snicker bar. We act that way when we go to Del Taco and get a Del Taco burrito or chimichanga or whatever it's called. We carry uh, life or death guilt about our food choices. And we are here today to say don't. Yeah. There, I said it. Don't do that. It's a waste of time. Yeah, I spent so much of my life being being. Uh, really overweight, and I would feel so much guilt and shame anytime I ate a treat that it led me to do it in secret, yep, in so. hiding. And so I would wait till nobody was around. When I was in front of people, I would have salads oh, or so steamed vegetables. Why or, are you overweight? Uh, you know, and I really would have people say to me, I can remember a few times in particular, people said to me, you try so hard. I just don't understand. Oh, like, it must be your thyroid. Have you had on? that checked? And But then it would lead me to binge in secret all of these other indulgent foods. And I felt so much guilt and shame around it. And anytime I would eat anything that was, you know, quote unquote, a bad food, I would 
wouldn't want to do it in front of other people when they could see me. Well, for sure. I remember when I was probably four or five, I went to a Montessori school, uh, whatever that means. And my parents <laughs> packed my lunch. I think I've said this before, packed a little chocolate pudding cup in a little tin container. Yeah. And I remember being yelled at by the Montessori staff. What you we don't have sugar here. How did you bring that? Like yelling oh at a four-year-old. I was like, I didn't pack my lunch. Like, what are you talking about? But the amount of shame I felt because I was being shamed was terrible. And deciding that some for foods are virtuous and perfect and whatever is not helpful. And it led, you know, I'm not saying that that I, I really like the taste of food. So it wasn't the chocolate pudding incident that that, you know, charted my whole life's path. But that idea that there are virtuous foods, good foods, bad foods, cheat day foods, whatever, have led us to feel a lot of shame, Edgar Allan Poe level shame about our food choices. And it may not have been the sole contributor to it, but it certainly didn't help. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, but, you know, that whole, you know, judging on the playground, the kinds of food that you eat. Oh, your parents must love you. They must not love you. Like, oh, you're getting oh, whatever. Oh, my goodness. There was so much judgment. And you know what? Sure. Did we eat the oranges our parents packed? Maybe not. Maybe we wanted the more decadent foods. But uh, but before we get started on talking about food guilt and shame, I'd like to bring up the Barekafist Club. The Barekafist Club? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I... We, we've lost the ability to pronounce anything correctly. I uh, I talk about this fairly often. Vegetables. Like, like you know, at one point you start saying library to be funny, and, and then, then eventually stops. you forget how to actually correctly pronounce the word library. I don't and, like, know. You I just, just It becomes to... impossible to say it after I a while. I just wanted to sound fancy, so. So, uh, yeah. so actually, no, I wanted to talk about The Breakfast Club there. I just oh, The it. Breakfast Club. Ironically, did you know in that movie they don't eat breakfast? What? <laughs> I I asked, I do know that. I asked for my money back when I saw it <laughs> because I just wanted to see people eating breakfast okay. for an hour and a half. But they do eat lunch. But The Lunch Club didn't, I don't know, that sounds like something that maybe uh, yeah. like women do like when their kids are at school. Or so. or like, you know, they go to like a, a casino during the middle of the sure, day and like have lunch, the lunch bunch or whatever. So, so you may recall during the film, uh, which maybe isn't actually appropriate to watch with your 15-year-old. I know I watched it when I was 15. It probably was not appropriate for me, but that's a, I digress. It was one of the first R-rated movies that I saw in a theater actually when I was actually old enough to see it. Must yeah. be nice, but yeah. uh, but we didn't get breakfast at that club. We got lunch at that club. But here's the thing. There are different character arcs in that movie. There's different. There's the obliger and the rebel and the whatever and the – okay. So when they get to lunch, yeah. Claire, as you might recall, Molly Ringwald has Oh, sushi. Molly Ringwald had such sushi. a crush on Molly Ringwald. That's luxury. That's privilege. That's like you obviously are super duper fancy yeah. and perfect, right? But it's not a lot. It's a little bit of food. Sushi. She's very decadent. Okay. That, but then there's Andy. Three sandwiches, a quart of milk, chocolate cookies, chips, apple, bananas. He deserves it. Which one was Andy? Was that uh, was that Emilio, the Emilio Estevez? Estevez? Yeah, okay. he was. He was the wrestler, right? Yeah. He was the football guy. He was like the the jock. Yeah. So because because he exercises so much, because he was such a big dude, it's fine for him to eat all that food, right? And like you don't judge him because well, he deserves it because he's tanking up. He's basically the Michael Phelps before. <laughs> I was gonna say Michael Phelps. 
Okay, for those who don't know, Catherine has a real thing about... What are you talking about? They all know this by now. How many people... uh, Well, again, new listeners, welcome. um, About, you know, Michael Phelps uh, could eat like, you know, 13,000 calories a day or something because he was in the pool for so nice. Yeah, so Catherine's extremely jealous. And frankly, I am too. Right. Okay, so then there was the nerd, Brian. His mom had a a hot soup, apple juice, a PB&J with no crust. Yeah. Like, that's obviously someone who is loved and like the, the, you know, balanced meal, whatever. Um, Allison, uh, who is Donald, Donald Weigel's crush. Al- Ali Sheedy. Ali yes. Sheedy. Hey, I had a crush on both of them. Yeah, Ali Sheedy he didn't and care. Molly whatever, Ringwald. No, whatever they were, happens. they were both pretty awesome. Okay. So she just has like bread with pixie sticks and Captain Crunch. Like again, okay, you're kind of a garbage person. Yeah. Like, who does that? But she eats that. It's, oh, you can't do that. But do you eat Captain Crunch for breakfast? You sure yeah. do. But she's putting it in a sandwich. You don't do that. That's for garbage. I don't people. remember. Did Judd Nelson just have cigarettes? He had. Uh, someone gave him a can of Coke. Uh, so obviously he's unloved. Yeah. He just kind of flies by the seat of his pants. He does his own thing. Uh, he doesn't, you know, deserve to eat whatever. But all of these different archetypes, like. If you just saw all that food, you would make judgments about the kind of people that they were, value judgments of who they were. And we have been taught that for decades. I mean, even in this John Hughes movie, (laughs) we've been taught the kind of people who eat these kinds of things are the certain kind of people. I just realized Uh again how old I am because I literally saw that decades ago in the theater when I was about 17 years old. (laughs) But we go to elementary school, grade school, high school, whatever, and we are judged by the kind of food we eat. And then we go into the working world, into the real world, and then people go, oh, are you going to eat that whole salad? Oh, are you going to eat that whole thing? Oh, my God. I'm I'm like – I'm – sort of quiet because i'm so rageful whenever people say that like oh i could never eat all that food it's just so much food oh so much sodium oh Oh, you have like a yeah i have a thing about uh i really love v8 juice and there will be people who are eating you know like 800 calorie frappa whatever's from from the coffee shop and walking around with Walking around with, you know, 32-ounce sodas, but the second you, like, show up with a V8 can in your hands, oh. somebody has to say, but there's so much sodium in it. Oh, no. I mean, it's vegetable juice with very few calories and lots of nutrients in it, but it's got so much sodium. Now, Someone and, has to point it unless out. Unless you have your own fresh press juice, whatever, you're a garbage person. So all of this is about food judgment, food judgment that other people put on us, and then judgment that we make upon ourselves for eating certain foods. And when we qualify things as good or bad, or ooh, a cheat day, and I've said this before as well, unless you are the hamburger, there is (laughs) no cheat day. There is no, well, it doesn't count. It's off the clock. It's whatever it is. I'm cheating. I'm doing whatever. You're not robbing a bank. You're not avoiding, you know, or evading tax laws. You're just a person eating food. And when we pull away that, you know, good or bad, virtuous or unvirtuous, and just leave it with calories, just calories on a table, you either burn them or you don't burn them. That's what we're working toward is food neutrality instead of food judgment. And we've talked, we've done many episodes about how what you say to yourself actually matters. And if you're walking around saying to yourself, oh, I've been so bad. Oh, so bad. I'm such a bad person because I ate a sandwich. (laughs) I'm such a bad person because I had a few French fries. Like, 
if you're walking around telling yourself that, whether you, you think you believe it or not, we as human beings tend to internalize that sort of thing. If you tell yourself you're bad, if you tell yourself you're being naughty, like you internalize that whether you know it or not. And then you begin to actually feel like you're a bad person because of your food choices. Well, and I think too, you know, I mean, we grew up with advertising and I'm all for buying things. I am a consumer. It's fine. Oh, yeah. But you know what? If you're a choosy mom, what do you do? <laughs> what do you, how do you, if you're choosy? Yeah, if you're a you... mom who just blindly grabs peanut butter off the shelf, you might get some other brand. But if you're truly but loved. But if you're choosy and you love your children. You if, will choose Jeff. If you're one of those moms. But all of the branding and the adjectives that are, you know, tied to the food industry. If you see a package, one that says premium and one that says generic, like, well, I'm a premium person. That's I'm right. going to go for the pre president's choice. Oh my gosh. Like got to get that for sure. Quality, fresh, wholesome. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research. Please don't fall asleep. I was doing research on FDA guidelines. It turns out- Man, that, you don't know how many hours I've spent doing research on FDA guidelines. That is my jam. But it is though. You do stuff like that. I know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the FDA, you can say something is lightly sweetened. Oh, Lightly sweetened. Oh, it's just yeah, that sounds so healthy. There, lightly sweetened. It must there, be super healthy. There's no, you can say that on whatever you want to say. You, there can be as much sugar what? in it as you want it this to be. This is an outrage. It is. But something, real fruit juice. It's real, everybody. It's got to be wholesome. Yeah. It doesn't regulate like how much sugar is actually in that real fruit juice. No, not at all. But if something says it's non-GMO or fat-free, it's like water is fat-free. Okay, great. But we automatically think that we are tied to some sort of virtue, some sort of closer to the earth, whatever. Right. And so many times you're going, I eat whole foods. I eat so – I don't even snack on things. I eat whole foods and I'm not losing weight. Calories are calories in the end. Sure, there are – nutrient dense foods sure there are foods that are more satiating than others but when we judge ourselves as good or bad for the difference between and donald has many uh examples of this I of do. like the virtuous food choice versus oh i just binged we don't say that if we just go and have a slice of cake at a party that's not a binge but if we eat five mini you know, Snickers bar. I just binged. Ah, like I'm a terrible garbage person. Yeah. And I think that ultimately what we're trying to say here is that I spent many, many years of my life thinking that I had to either eat completely virtuous foods, completely good foods, or I I would just eat completely bad foods and and be a terrible person and never achieve a goal weight. And that we have realized that we can have both things yeah. in our lives. We don't have to exclude complete categories of foods from our lives. Because when I used to do that, I could white knuckle it. I could be hardcore. I could be motivated, whatever you want to say, for a particular period of time. And then... I would, you know, decide I was just going to have, you know, one piece of cake or whatever for dessert. And then I would feel like I had failed. Yeah. And I would feel like I should give up because, well, obviously I'm not a good person because I've had this one treat and I may as well just give up all the progress because I can't keep these things in my life. And it would lead me to yo-yo all the time, up and down the scale. And it wasn't until I 
really focused on just keeping my calorie count the same, keeping treats in my life as well as things like steamed cauliflower that I and working both things into my life in moderation was the way that I have been able to achieve my goal weight and stick to it. Well, and again, we're not saying that there aren't foods that are more filling, more satisfying, more, you know, nutrient dense. There are foods that I know, even if they are low calorie, they are hyper palatable, meaning that like my brain kind of turns on is like, oh, I want more of those. Yum, yum, yum. That is actually, that is a real thing. And understanding how food affects you and how much of a portion you can have of it to fit into your plan matters. But when we qualify something as good or bad, indulgent, decadent, you know, forbidden, whatever, when we throw all of that out there, it can just color the way we feel about ourselves. And like that whole thing, Donald's got examples of like, oh, well, I'm eating brown rice. Like, oh, I, I've eaten brown rice today with my food. So I don't know why I'm not losing weight because it's virtuous. It's like, okay, well, white rice and brown rice have about the same amount of calories. One might be more filling, sure, more fiber, but it's not like you're a better person because you ate brown rice. Yeah, I, I follow a gentleman on Instagram named Graham Tomlinson, and he is at The Fitness Chef. He's amazing. And he has written some books, and he has a whole series of infographics on Instagram that you can go and look at the actual details, but... You know, it's sort of lining up foods that we consider good and foods that we consider bad. And also, you know, saying to yourself, well, I'm being good yeah. or or I've had a bad day. And then lining them up next to each other and showing the calorie counts and realizing that certain things are, are roughly the same when you measure them out. You know, for example, like sweet potato, like we say, oh, sweet potato, that's a good food. But white potato, oh, that's oh, a bad. demon food. But the white potato, like, you know, pound for pound actually has, you know, fewer calories when you're trying to achieve a weight loss goal. Things like um, avocado toast versus like bacon and a fried egg on sourdough and, you know, realizing that the calorie counts are about the same or almond butter and agave versus like raspberry jam oh, on toast. Oh you my know. gosh. I, I used to buy agave syrup thinking it was a more virtuous whatever. But I looked at the calories. It's the same number of calories as corn syrup or whatever. But a friend came over and was like, do you know that agave has calories? Like when you use it? Go, yeah, just because it comes from a different plant doesn't mean it doesn't have any calories. It's still sweet. Yeah. But and we think it's better and more virtuous. And, and like people talk about eating clean versus yeah. eating dirty. And, you know, he's got a series of graphics showing like a what people consider to be a clean breakfast with granola and Greek yogurt and goji berries and some coconut oh and banana and linseed. And then next to it, a dirty breakfast, which is like a McDonald's double bacon and egg McMuffin and hash browns. And like, if you look at it, the portion of the clean breakfast appears to be like fairly reasonable. And you assume that the McDonald's breakfast is going to be so much worse, but it's actually like the healthy or clean breakfast is double yeah. the calories of that McDonald's breakfast. We went to a restaurant once and they had a like a pure menu and then their regular menu it was a breakfast spot. And the acai bowl yeah. was more calories than the French toast. And a lot of times we just think like, well, I'm eating a bowl of something. It's a smoothie. It's pure. It's wholesome. It's whatever. 
And it's just more calories. And again, we're not talking about nutrient den- density. We're not talking about, you know, vitamin content or whatever. But for those times when you're like, I really would like French toast, there is nothing wrong with including that in your plan. And so many times over the years, people told me, you'll never lose weight if you eat that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're eating that giant salad. Oh my, like there's an arbiter, sort of the Goldilocks thing of like, there's one person in the world who gets to decide the exact portion, the exact virtue, the perfect, you know, it's got to be organic. It's got to be this, it's got to be that. Right. It's almost like a pinball machine. We just go from person to person, never actually carving our own path, but just feeling judged by our food choices and what is the right way to eat. And when we just react to other people's reaction of our food, it leads to secret eating. It leads to food shame and guilt. And that is Part of the reason I got to 300 pounds. Yeah. And I love pinball, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can thought, remember what it was called. Just Ping, thought I would throw ball? that in. Yeah. I wanted to be the pinball wizard when I was a kid. Um, but like just, you know, we we say we're having a good snack or then we're having a bad day. And, you know, another uh, fitness chef uh, infographic, he's got like a good snack being Brazil and macadamia nut mix along with 100 grams of dried mango and and then a bad day is you have a Big Mac and a diet soda and the the nuts and mango is actually slightly higher calories yeah. than the other. Now we're not saying that the McDonald's food has a, you know, more nutrients and is more nutritious necessarily, but I know which one is going to probably be more satisfying. Um and the real bottom line here is I used to believe that I had to stay away from things like that. And now I know I can work them into my life and it makes it so much easier for me to stick to my plan than it was when I was trying to forbid myself from eating all of these things. When we think we have to eat exactly the way someone else eats to lose weight, like we we actually was like, oh my gosh, what are you eating? What's on your plan? What? Oh my gosh, what are you having for breakfast? What's for lunch? Like yeah. all that. It doesn't take into account our food preferences and our actual lifestyle and the people in our lives that we're cooking for or people who are cooking for us. We can follow someone else's plan for, uh, you know, like a 30-day blah, blah, blah. We can adhere to that, but it doesn't take into account the actual kinds of foods that we eat. We've, we've talked about this before. There was a you know famous person that I follow who's like, oh, follow my 30-day plan or whatever. And I looked at it. She was like, you won't eat the same thing for 30 days in a row. And I was like, I don't want to buy 30 different sets of meals. <laughs> right. like, I, I like predictability. I'm like, okay, I'm eating these two or three things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And sure, we can take aspects of someone else's plan and pull it into ours. But when we white knuckle it and feel like we have to eat exactly what someone else is eating to lose weight, it's just going to lead to us going back to our old food habits because we haven't figured out how to integrate those indulgent fun foods that are maybe low in nutrition into our lives. But we feel like we we have to be either black or white, that good food or bad food. And I spent so much time thinking that I was a bad person if I didn't cook things from scratch. And it really wasn't until I gave up on that notion and just decided I was going to just focus on the calorie counts of things. And look, I try and eat lots of fruit and fresh vegetables, 
all the time to to maintain health. But in terms of maintaining weight, it's really about how many calories I bring in every day versus how many I burn. And it is okay that I eat a lot of prepackaged frozen yeah. vegetarian, you know, uh, burgers and sausages and things like that because A, I really like them. B, they really fit into my lifestyle. And C, they're super easy for me to do. And so rather than, you know, what I used to do was I would buy all these fresh ingredients and then I would just not feel like actually, you know, eating them. Yeah. So they would go fallow in the refrigerator. <laughs> And then I would just order takeout or grab fast food or whatever. So you know, I had to say to myself, well, what's better, having these packaged frozen things that actually that I will eat and consume and keep on my plan or – do I just, you know, know that I'm eventually going to be too tired or too irritated or whatever to make something from scratch and then end up ordering takeout? And I decided that the packaged foods were the better way to go. And it has worked out for me. Well, and two, I think, you know, at the holidays, there's always those, you know, those uh, memes or graphics or whatever that like, if you eat a dinner roll, you've got to run a, you know, a 5K oh, yeah. and, you know, your reward, if you're going to eat this, you've got to burn it off in this many calories. And I used to eat like that. Like I felt like if I went to the gym and I saw that the little lifestyle machine or whatever was like, you have burned 200 calories, right. like, oh, I can eat a candy bar or whatever. And instead of seeing food as a reward or a punishment, which I think a lot of people do, if you don't, you know, finish your meat you can't have any pudding which right. turns out pudding in the uk just means dessert i thought it was everything was pudding based but it turns out that's <laughs> not it's not the thing but when we see it as like a cheat day like a reward or i don't deserve to have the whatever decadent thing when we place moral value on it or i haven't exercised enough today to deserve the whatever it's not deserve or not deserve it's does it fit into my plan and what is better than being able to work the system in a way where you're like you know what i get to go and you know go to the beer garden every weekend and have treats and have a pretzel or whatever and guess what i worked it into my plan but when we feel like we're all or nothing we're good people or bad people and when we let other people treat us in a way that makes us feel bad about about our food choices. That's where the secret eating and the shame and like the the lack of boundaries comes in. There was a point at which when I first started losing weight this last time where I had planned for a lunch out with a friend and her mom and I planned for a salad. It was like Caesar salad. Yeah. I was like, and I'm getting a scoop of ice cream. And it was on plan. I was feeling really good about it. And then the mom was like, well, you're, you girls better not eat dinner tonight, you know, like with all the food oh, you just ate. Yeah. And it crushed my soul. I'm in my 40s and I'm letting somebody dictate how I feel about food. Yeah. But I was, you know, I felt ashamed about it. I felt like, oh, maybe she's right. Like, oh, I shouldn't even eat this. Like, but it fit my plan. It fit my plan. And letting other people determine your food portion or what, you know, virtue lies in your food, it is so damaging. And when I finally got to the point where I connected my food shame and my secret eating to other people's judgment, it was so empowering to finally in my mid 40s be able to say, when you judge the size of my salad, yeah, it brings me shame and it makes me want to secret eat. The power that I took back in that 
of actually telling people what effect they had on me. Like, it felt so good to be able to actually tie the two together because I was like, boy, I don't know why I'm just eating salad. Realizing that I had the right, just as someone else has the right to say like, oh, you're going to eat all that. I in turn have the right to say that is not helpful for me. That makes me feel shame and makes me want to secret eat. It was so freeing to be able to actually say, in my 40s, like, how old do you need to be to finally stand up for yourself? Yeah. And, you know, when you take the the moral judgments out of the food, it makes it so much easier to just really choose and define and create the plan that's right for you rather than trying to fit yourself into some mold of what you think good or bad is. Well, and two, when you think like, oh, well, I'm never going to lose weight because I don't have time to cook whole foods. I'm never going to lose weight because I've got to get takeout. I've got to lose. When you realize it's calories in, calories out, and you can make it work for yourself, it takes your power back because you go, okay, well, how can I make this work? I eat packaged foods. I make semi-homemade foods. I don't cook food from scratch. It is so great to know that it's within my control. And again, there are foods that are more filling. There are ways where you can have smaller portions of the foods that you like with high volume, low calorie foods that help you feel more contented and more full. And all of that is great. There's 200 some on episodes. You can go back and listen to <laughs> wheelmanwithin.com and listen to all of that. But once you realize that, that you're in the driver's seat in this and you can craft a plan that works for you and not let other people goldy locks you into the like too big too small too hot too cold whatever and just go like this food works for me i enjoy eating this i'm going to eat it the way i want to eat it the more we realize that there's not one right way to do it the more we see that we are in control and we can make our plans work for us and what is better than that what is better than that? <laughs> Indeed. Um, and I really appreciate how you turned Goldilocks into a verb. That was good times. <laughs> you don't like it when verb nouns are turned into verbs. No, but I I'm thought I'm going to Google good. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you would like 200 plus other episodes in which we take nouns like Goldilocks <laughs> and turn them into verbs, uh, you can find them wherever you found this episode and also anytime at our website website weonlylookthin.com and if you are at weonlylookthin.com you can click on the link for join our support group we have a facebook-based accountability group for women based on facebook and it is good there i said it (laughs) we have (laughs) you can facebook it yeah um but we have two subscription options a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt place is right for you it is not a weight loss plan but it is a support group an accountability group a place to be honest and vulnerable and share your journey with other people who are in different stages of their journey to support one another turn venture whatever you want to call it uh it is uh it's something i'm really proud of we do zoom meetings and we have a weekly newsletter it's super supportive and it is a great place for accountability yes we uh we don't want to put moral judgments on food but we will say our support group is good it is good (laughs) (laughs) um also if you'd like to interact with us in other ways you can find us on the social medias um and that's something i also started saying like and now can't say the right way anymore (laughs) i started saying saying to be funny um you can find us at instagram twitter or facebook
Facebook at We Only Look Thin. And you could even send us an email. We will respond to emails. We will uh, we love listener questions. You can email we only look thin at gmail.com. And we have taken uh, many episode ideas from listener questions and turned them into actual episodes. We have. And if you're still thinking about good things you can do, you can head over to Apple Podcasts (laughs) and leave us a rating and review. Not only does it make us feel good, but it also helps other people who are looking for inspirational podcasts. It helps them uh, find us in search results. So if you have some time, head over there and leave us a rating and a review. Yeah, the more more five-star reviews we have, the more um, Apple will boost us in search results when people are looking for podcasts like ours. But if you don't feel like leaving a five-star review, uh, you can also just tell somebody about the show. We appreciate that. If there's somebody that you uh, think might enjoy us, if you could get the word out, that also helps grow the show quite a bit. And we are grateful. We sure are. So if you're haunted by the question of why John Hughes didn't call it the lunch club, just remember (laughs) that Donald and I are an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.